1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as the Scottish Leagues return with a bang. Rangers seal a dramatic win at Kilmarnock amid chaotic scenes in the stands. Celtic hit seven past St Johnson to get their title defence up and running and Aberdeen and Hearts serve up arguably the game of the weekend but is Scott McKenna on his way out of Pitodry. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans. On the park, it was great. A seven-goal spectacular at Celtic A stunning sting in the tail at Kilmarnock A five-goal thriller at Aberdeen Off the park, it was regrettable in places Some people just can't help themselves But if you're in it for the love of the game It must be obvious There's an epic season in the making 37 rounds of matches like round one, Alec And you'd be a nervous wreck There's an SPFL thermometer somewhere And the mercury is rising Alex Ray, it feels like we've never been away All the usual drama, all the usual talking points Some great football, some not so great football In there as well But that's why we love the Scottish Leagues They're back And it was full of intrigue across the last couple of days Absolutely, I thoroughly enjoyed it Gordon, when you look at Celtic romping to a 7-0 win Rangers digging out an important 3-0 win The game up at Pataudry, you know, the way it it panned out for Aberdeen. Hibs nicking a a result against St Mirren, Mole team, and obviously, you know, the other games as well. So there's plenty of drama on and off the park. I know you meant three points rather than 3-0 win. You were getting a bit ahead of yourself (laughs) there, but I'll I'll let you off with it. It's early doors. 01419511025 is the number you need tonight. Uh, Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Everyone played across the weekend, so you must have something on your mind. What did you make of your team's performance? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it somewhere in between? How does it set you up for the season ahead? You tell us on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Um, Hugh, game of the weekend, arguably, Pitodri yesterday. Rangers had the, 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 the dramatic end, if you like, grinding out the the, the, win, the so-called win ugly. And as for Celtic on Saturday, that old cliche of a laying down a marker, so to speak. It depends on your personal preference. Obviously, if you're a Celtic fan, you've been thrilled by that start to the season. Thrilled by Ryan Christie in particular. If you're a Rangers fan, you're reading a lot into the fact that... Uh, couple of points were not left behind in Ayrshire. In fact, all the points were taken with that dramatic sting in the tail. And if you're an Aberdeen fan, your joy over the win over Hearts is slightly tarnished by the Scott McKenna transfer request today. Just when you think Aberdeen, you know, we all took them to finish third, but Derek McInnes might just have something there at Petaudry, but... The McKenna situation is casting a cloud over it Okay, we'll get to that later on in the show I am sure Let's hear from you though 0141 951 And Twitter is at Clyde SSB Let's get stuck in We'll start with yesterday's game At Rugby Park Stephen Gerrard says they deserve the three points uh, He says they do still have lessons to learn And believes they now focus on performing late on in matches After not doing so last season I think the story would be set pieces, will it not? Two to one, to us. I thought it would have been really harsh and cruel if we didn't come away with maximum points. I thought we controlled the majority of the game. We obviously switched off at the back post for the set piece, but we shouldn't be giving stupid fouls away either in our own half, especially when we've only got a 1-0 lead. So there's a few things we need to learn from pretty quickly. But in the main, um, I'm, I'm pleased with the, the character and the effort, effort that the players have given. Kilmarnock took 10 points. 
away from us last year, so it was important we came here today and, and took maximum points, whichever way we did it. Sometimes you've got to show a different side, uh, being a team. It's not just all pretty and nice and everything that looks great on the ice. Sometimes you've got to get over the line and win ugly, and Connors came big for us at the end. Nice for the last-minute goal to be on your side in the opening day of last year. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was true. We did concede too many goals in the final stages of games. If you look at the first couple of away fixtures we had, we lost one to Aberdeen late on. We went to Motherwell, we lost a set-piece late on. Now, I understand that happens here from time to time, but if it happens too many times, you have got to learn from it and learn from it quickly. And today it's gone our way. So, yeah, I'm pleased with, with the outcome. And I think over the course of the game, I think we deserved it. Alex Ray, you were there. Yeah. How would you describe the performance and the result? Well, I think the result, Gordon, was paramount for them, particularly with the, the, the backlash they would have got if they dropped two points immediately. I think he touched on, if you look at last year, I think Mother and Aberdeen. Uh, they also went to uh, Livingston uh, as well and lost points. So their away record, particularly at the start of the season last year, was poor. To get off to a flying start obviously helped. So that is a big, big positive character, the way they dug in at the death. That, so that's the upshot. The downshot for me was in the manner what they played, the tempo of it all. But there is going to be games throughout the course of the season, Gordon, that you have to navigate that. And they managed to do that on day one, which they haven't managed to do last year. So I think he'll try and look at the positive, take it, take away from it. Because I have to say, I said beforehand, you're trying to play a slick passing game on, on, on that pitch. It's bone dry and you've got a team that's got a low block. So it's very difficult to carve it open. But they'll have plenty of games like that, Gordon, throughout the course of this season. And they'll have to... Got over it Because of uh, you know if they don't Then they'll be playing catch up I mean Hugh It's only weekend one of the season But that's the weekend When everyone dishes out Their predictions And yeah. tries to tell you What's going to happen in May If And let me stress that If Rangers are to go And put up a title challenge They will simply have to Win ugly at times That sure. That is the way Title races work When Celtic did it last season yeah. Celtic Won ugly On several occasions Uh and you look back in the match and you thought, my, they played really poorly. And I thought Rangers were poor yesterday. I had expected so much of Aribo, Ojo, Morelos, and I thought they were pretty poor, average, lacklustre. But the difference was they got there. They got the three points. And if they dropped anything at Rugby Park, we might have had a, a quite virulent reaction tonight on this programme, but instead the Rangers supporters are reading a lot into that. In fact, they are reading that game, that finish, into Rangers being potential champions. 01419511025 is the number Robert in Newlands has dialed. What did you take away from yesterday, Robert? Uh, hi, gents. Um, it, was, it was the first half we played well. Um, we always struggled against Kelly home and away and whatever competition it would be in it's the League Cup it's a Scottish Cup or a Premiership tie we always struggle against Kelly in the last couple of seasons especially Steve Clark's um, Kelly um, I thought yesterday Kelly played brilliantly they were very organised and they never really stretched away from anything they um, done last season they were very organised if Eamon put this way if Eamon Brophy scored that opportunity um, midway through the second uh, second half we would have had no chance of coming back I don't know I still don't know how he missed it because he loves a goal against us but um, I agree with you I think Aribo was a slightly uh, bit boring to watch I felt that Morelos didn't really turn up at all uh, the only player I could give points to for the full 90 minutes was uh, James Tav the captain because he kept running he kept trying to push through 
um, trying to make, create things. I just felt that once we went 1-0 up, we started cruising for a bit. And we didn't really care. We should have been trying to make more, outtrade more and not leave it last minute. So um, that's what I would take from it. And also, uh, the headlines point the other way of the pitch invasion and the idiocy after it. Um, and, you know, what was actually quite a cracking football game has been ruined by other headlines. So, um, all in all, quite a disappointing game in the Rangers camp, I think. OK, let's do football first and then we'll look at the other side of it. Alex, um, Robert's full of praise for... For James Tavernier He's a guy who's had to face A lot of question marks yeah. About whether he is A leader Now that that takes on A number of forms of course But it's something you see In social media all the time But where Robert Probably is right Is when Rangers Were pulled level He he looked like A guy who, who was trying To drag them through You saw that big run At the end Just Absolutely. before the goal um, He certainly looked like He was he was trying to To make something happen Gordon He, he was excellent yesterday uh, there was times when he was getting the ball And he drives forward at every opportunity So he gets the opposition on the back foot And he did that time after time But the actual response directly after the goal Because if you look at the Rangers following They were obviously kind of knocked for six By that command look goal And you're thinking Here we go again That run instigated the, I think it was a rebo Eventually had the shot Which led to the corner And then the, the, the delivery by Tavernier But then you have to commend Golson as well For his reaction He wanted that more than I think it was Broadfoot he managed to get the goal and it ended up the winning goal. So I think the response in what he got, I think that would be really, really pleasing for Steven Gerrard. And, and, and the caller, Robert's right in terms of dictating uh, uh, the possession, Gordon. But it's okay dictating possession. But if you're not doing anything with it and you're not carving out opportunities, it then becomes a bit laboured. I thought it was the tempo of the game wasn't great. Even It's okay having the ball on the halfway line and the opposition drops off. You have to carve things open and you have to create a lot more opportunities. But again, as a very difficult surface to to negotiate. Uh, Hugh Robert mentions the you know the, the scenes at the end. We always like to do football first. We we don't like to have the daftness over overshadow that, and, and I certainly don't want to to dwell on it for an overly long period of time. But uh-huh. it's important. You've seen the pictures; they're they're not very nice. What did you make of that side of it yesterday? First of all, you're talking about the young element in the main, and uh, I think when a goal of that type is scored. At the very end It's understandable That there might be An extreme reaction I don't know if age and, Has got anything to do with yeah, it well, By I the way it, I think if you look at the the, uh, the profile of the people Who come onto the park They're all young However Those who stood on The construction Which gave way Must have known That there were disabled fans Underneath that roof I think that was Unthinking behaviour I think it was Unnecessary behaviour I think it was very, very fortunate that nothing serious happened. And Rangers have tried very hard this season. Stuart Robertson has tried very hard with their initiative about anyone, anywhere, trying to make Rangers a better club in that regard. And I think the fans let Stuart Robertson down yesterday. They have to understand that, yes, we will allow excitable behaviour and people coming over it happens to other clubs as well And it has happened with a other club At Rugby Park But what happened at the disabled enclosure Was extremely dangerous And it's a, a mercy That nothing serious happened So there's excitable behaviour And then there's unthinking behaviour uh, Alex, there are various sides to this The Rangers fans were 
outside Rugby Park yes. Many of them for a long time uh, That situation doesn't look like like That was a good one at all With, with a lot of fans sort of cra- crammed in a particular area So that looks like that's one for the SPFL And, and Kilmarnock and maybe even the police To sort out the SPFL have issued a statement Saying the scenes at the end of the game uh, Were simply unacceptable They're studying CCTV footage The police are already involved uh, Talking about the incident on the roof shelter One man being injured uh, I think four men have been arrested in connection with breaching the peace with regards to that. So there are a number of, of factors at play here. We know yeah. what, what, what we love to do in Glasgow. We, we're just desperate to sort of point the finger um, wherever we can. The truth probably is that there are, there are a few parties that could do better here, of course, fans included. Yeah, absolutely. For starters, the, the chaps who were on the roof, it's totally unacceptable, Gordon. For, for somebody to actually walk on that type of surface, yeah. you, you know that there's people below it. Is beyond me uh, So they will get the punishment uh, accordingly uh, In terms of the access It was totally unacceptable I spoke to someone who was actually caught up in it all It was a surge, it was actually dangerous So that will be an issue for Kamalot to try and address So that that improves for safety And then obviously maybe some more A, a barrier in front of that Kind of walkway from the front seat Onto that roof now So that there's a deterrent as such this the, I am not condoning the guys going on that roof It's totally unacceptable And they're very lucky That no one was seriously injured Back to the football Robert Just you were mentioning You were pleased with With James Tavernier What about Anyone in particular That concerned you Didn't impress you Think there's perhaps Room for improvement with um, You know It's too early in the season To kind of make judgement On the new signings You know I just don't think We haven't, we haven't gelled the squad yet Really In fact we've brought A lot of uh, players and um, you, you can see it in Europe as well that we're we're kind of beginning. I just think it was a, quite a mundane performance. The fact that we won two one was actually a shock because uh, we didn't score any goals. Tell you what, Robert, the line's not great. You're disappearing. I can hear you not too badly, but I've got big earphones on. I'm not listening to anything else. Listen, first game out of thirty-eight, the performance I think was below par. You can blame the pitch You can blame individuals not turning up on the day Blame anything you like But Alex Wright, the three points were the most important thing Too early to, to talk about titles we're, we're 90 minutes into a season um, I understand that people are going to ask questions And talk about us an awful lot But for me, we just focus from game to game And we go on to the next three points We want to fight as hard as we can all the way to the end um, But you know, I've said it to some of my players individually and collectively, it's too early to talk about titles. There's too much football to be played. But it certainly helps when you when you start well. So we need to try and build on this three points now and we've got a European game which will be tough on Thursday and then we go in against Hibs, but it's the start that I was looking for. From one Robert to another, this one's in Guruk. Hi Robert. Uh, good evening, Fano, welcome back. I'm also on to talk about the Kilmarnock Rangers game yesterday uh, I'll say right away before I make my point that there's no way you can defend the behaviour after the goal and I think I'll just leave it at that I want to talk about the incident between Kirk Broadfoot and Alfredo Morelis which started as a, a very normal tussle for the ball uh, and ended up with Broadfoot swinging Morelis about and throwing him fairly violently onto the ground. Referee dealt it was speaking to both players, no cards were produced. I'm suggesting that last year, had the roles been reversed, Morelos would have certainly been booked, and the press, the radio, the television, 
we've been talking about them being a liability, uh, no self-control, letting these fellow teammates down in the fans. I have read nothing of that nature about Broadfoot, and I heard nothing about that on television well, or you've the asked radio. The, you've, asked the, you've asked the question then. Uh, there's no point in discussing a hypothetical situation about what would have happened had it been the other way around. Let's just discuss the factual situation that we have. For me, Broadfoot is totally indisciplined as a player. And uh, I thought that he could have been dealt with by Willie Collum. Uh, I thought that it was the kind of gesture that would easily get you a card. And I think that indiscipline is part of Kurt Broadfoot's problem. And he'd be better concentrating on defending, such as at the the goal that was conceded at the very end. So, yeah, I, I thought Broadfoot was out of order, and I thought Morelos was the innocent party on that particular occasion. Robert, I was actually, sorry, Gordon, I, I was actually watching them two very closely, uh, and I actually quite like the tussle between the both of them. Uh, and it, in the Morelos's defence, he did not react at times. There was times when he was going to run across the face of Broadfoot and he was just standing in his way, the coming together and things. And I'm thinking to myself, potentially last year he may well have reacted. And he didn't He didn't fall into the bait. And that's exactly what uh, Kirk does. I, I worked with him at Blackpool. Brilliant uh, professional who I've often said it in the show. And he's, he uses the old head. He's just trying to rile the young guy up. And listen, I quite enjoy the tussle at, with him and Finlay. I mean, we, we will undoubtedly get a number of actual flashpoints this season. So I don't yeah. think there's any need for us to, to make that into one. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't, it wasn't as if it was... If you had to get a yellow card at the time gone, because it seemed as yeah. if he threw, threw him a little bit, I don't think anyone would have been up in arms over that decision. I, I, I actually, as I said there, I actually liked... Morelos going toe to toe with two giants yesterday. Uh, I quite in, uh, enjoyed it. You know, this is our um, habit of going into things in forensic detail. Uh, it, it wasn't an incident which changed the course of anything. But if you want to discuss it, I thought the referee was lenient in terms of Cup Broadfoot, and I thought that on that particular occasion, in isolation, Morelos was the innocent party. The battle of the centre halves, actually, Alex, had a big outcome. On, on the match Because you Absolutely. look at It was Katic's uh, Aggressive header That really puts it on a plate For Scott Arfield good ag- and, and I talk about good aggression no, I don't mean that In a negative oh, yeah. sense Same uh, For Conor Goldson With the winner And yeah. that that will That's what will please Stephen Gerrard And what will have The Kilmarnock boss Furious I'm sure Well it almost seemed Like uh, roles reversed I don't think the Rangers Scored a lot of goals From set plays last year Hugh You often oh. spoke about Celtic not scoring a lot To score two goals In your opening game Of the season Steven Gerrard will be delighted because there will come a point where you're not creating a lot of chances. Yesterday was one of them. So when you do get these set plays, and it's all down to the delivery for me. Tavernier's deliveries are absolutely exceptional. Hence the reason why he's got so many uh, assists. What did you make of the performance, Robert? Uh, I thought it was a bit flat, uh, but start of the season, you're sort of expecting that. They've played a few games in Europe, but not the intensity that you're going to get in a Scottish Premier League game. Mm. Uh, so I thought it was a bit flat, but I thought there was a uh, a lot of promise there. Could I ask one question of you, please? If well, you're very quick, because we're already running late, on you go. I'll be, I'll be very quick. Uh, he told me off for using the hypothetical situation. Simple questions. You never done that in all the things you've been on this show. Oh, yes, he has, Robert. <laughs> That doesn't suit his argument. 
Uh, you asked about a specific incident in the match And I gave you an answer on a specific incident in the match Robert's got your number Robert, thank you very much for the call 01419511025 Celtic kicked us off in style on Saturday What did you make of that performance? Ryan Christie was the standout I'm sure you'll agree But if there was anyone else You tell us 01419511025 We'll hear from Ryan Christie and Neil Lennon next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here. We're looking back on the opening weekend of the league season here in Scotland. Lots to discuss. We're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Roscoe Hemphrey has been in touch. He says the fans invading the pitch to celebrate any team's goals seems to be spurned by players running to them. This applies to both Celtic and Rangers, he says. We're on the phones 01419511025. Looking back on Celtic's performance. On Saturday I think Neil Lennon Described it as Perfect The perfect performance Hugh yeah. Um, yeah. You, You've seen it back now A few times What did you make of it? Yeah it's perfect uh, Ryan Christie's hat-trick Is perfect All goals scored From outside At the, the 18 yard line uh, Griffiths gets a Typical Lee Griffiths goal uh, And Sham comes on Scores with his first Kick of the ball Odson Edward Looks bright and alive And he gets his goal uh, young Mikey Johnson starts it all off. So it was a perfect day. And now you have a test of Celtic defensively when they go to Romania to play Cluj in the Champions League pre-qualifiers. But I think the Celtic fans need to savour the moment. What a way to start your season. And there's no point in picking up on St. Johnson and how poor they were because in that mood, Celtic would have taken anyone. Let's hear from that man then, Ryan Christie. You know, ever since the kind of injuries kind of over the summer, I was just kind of jumping to get back into it and loved playing a, playing a part in the European games. Um, but I knew today, obviously, domestically, I want to really kind of kick on now. I've, I've made that point. I was happy enough with last season, kind of managing to get into the start of 11, but now I really need to kind of hopefully kick on. And especially being one of the attacking players, there's an expectation to kind of provide goals if you're scoring or assisting so um, you know my job's to do that look I'm enjoying it I'm loving playing in this this team you know the, the players I've got around me make it easier for me playing off Canaldson and having the likes of Mikey and James Ian we've got so many options even off the bench there boys coming on Griff and um, Ollie coming on and scoring it it shows the quality we have in the, the whole team so um, you know it's a, it's a great team to be part of right now you know the gaffer's mentioned that that you know if he, he wants me to kind of shoot on sight if I, if I get the chance you know he's never going to shout at me for taking it on so you know <laughs> I'm delighted to hear that. You know, I was frustrated to kind of blaze on over the bar first ten minutes, but um, you know, obviously happy to to get on the score sheet after that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was outstanding, and uh, it's interesting listening to him speak there, Hugh. He's talking about having a real belief to kick on, oh. and he can be the star man, the star turn middle to front. He's got, uh, I think, it's five goals in the last couple of games as well. Uh, Tom Rogic more or less had that that position cemented down for me. Christie's ahead of him now by by a country yeah. mile. And he, he can really kick on and be a star turn for Celtic and Scotland. When we had to give our predictions, Gordon, I said to you that middle to front, Celtic had such an array of talent. And that was why I was basing my case on them winning the title. Uh, but I conceded that at the back, you didn't know how Lustig, Boyata, Benkovic and possibly Tierney would all be replaced. Defensively, Celtic... Of course we're untroubled by St Johnston But they will be put to the test In Romania on Wednesday And we'll see how that goes But I, I hear good things of El Hamed 
And the ball and golly In the full back positions And I go back to it You can't have paid All that money for Chris Julian Without believing He's an important player So Either Celtic have been guilty Of a horrendous misjudgement On three fronts Or They've sorted out the defence as well John is in Cumbernauld What impressed you most About the weekend John? Uh, just our attacking play I thought we played really well uh, I kind of disagree with you You do have to take into the fact That the opposition I mean St Johnson are a, well, it Used to be a decent team But this season I think they're really Going to struggle uh, the, mo- the important thing for me As a Celtic fan Is Europe this season I mean obviously I'm not, I don't think we're going to Excuse the league We'll get a good challenge From Rangers in the league But I think eventually We will win the league uh, For us I think it's Champions League football I think we need to Beat Cluj I think If we beat them We'd get Slavia Prague In the next round I'm, I'm hoping we'll go there Midweek Into Cluj And maybe Not get a win But maybe try and get a draw Or even keep a clean sheet And then finish the job At Parkhead uh, The news today That Scott McKenna Has put in uh, transfer request I'm just wondering If maybe Celtic Should maybe go in With a bid Because there's strong rumours About Simonovic leaving Which is going to leave A, a set and a half short There's also rumours About Christopher Ayer Going to Leicester I don't know if that's just Rumour or not But It was mentioned In In, in, in certain Outlets well, you were not long to wait for the answer to that one because the English transfer window closes on Thursday. Leicester have got a few quid in yes, case you hadn't heard. Yes, eighty million pounds <laughs> they've got for Harry Maguire tonight. But uh, it would be ironic if Brendan Rodgers went back to Celtic for Chris Iyer. I don't think Celtic would sell. I think we would hear it described in some other words yes, apart from ironic yes, <laughs> as the I, days I, progress. I'm trying to remember it's a family <laughs> show. Uh, I don't think Iyer will leave in this window. I think Neil Lennon's entitled to say. Uh, to Peter Lawwell If we can resist a bid We should resist a bid Because You know Neil Lennon won't have any say If they actually want to sell He won't have any say Well yeah He must have some say He must have an opinion To offer Peter Lawwell Otherwise What is he? An empty chair So He must have an opinion to offer uh, And I think You made the point John That you see Europe As a priority Well how is the manager supposed to negotiate Europe if he has his best players sold from underneath him? That's the reality, Alex, yeah. for all, well, all of our teams that are in Europe at the moment. Celtic being the one that we're discussing at the moment. You start the league and everything's everything's great, but the, the focus has to turn quickly because you're, you're fighting on a couple of fronts at this time of season. And before you know it, that League Cup's going to come around as well. Yeah. So you, the start of the season is vital. Absolutely Gordon I think uh, You know I think Neil mentioned it At the weekend He says it was a perfect performance But we will have a tougher test Come uh, Wednesday night Against uh, Cluj So Mm. They know that it's going to be A a more difficult challenge And going back to John's John's point uh, It's okay having teams uh, Looking at your players That may suggest That they're actually doing well But there comes a point Where the club Cannot sell all their assets Within one window If Tierney leaves And then the players That you know They obviously lost Boyata Lustig there comes a point where you're actually trying to build, as you suggest, to try and do something in Europe as well. So there has to come a point where you say, right, okay, we're keeping these guys for another year or two, try and progress them up to top, top, top players and then get best value for them. Uh, John, we were just hearing from Ryan Christie. I think it's fairly obvious he was the sort of main man at the weekend. Have you always been a, a believer that he could come in and have this impact in the team or are you surprised at how important he's become? I'm very surprised. When he gets sent out to loan at Aberdeen, I thought that was it, he's gone, he's finished. I think Aberdeen came a bit close to actually signing him. 
I think you have to give a great bit of credit. Although Celtic get a lot of credit for bringing him on and the player, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Aberdeen as well because when he came back, he seemed to come back a far better player, fitter, stronger. So I think you have to give Derek McInnes and is it Tommy Doc? I can't remember the guy's name. Tony, uh, Tony, yeah. Tony, sorry. Uh, I think you have to give them great credit because since, since he came back from them on loan, he's looked a star player. Yeah. I, I would have had him out the door. I'd have sold him. I've been at that time. Well, there you go. I bet you're glad you didn't. Neil Lennon's glad as well. That's a perfect performance in every aspect of our, our play. Clean sheet, two very good attacking fullbacks, you know, two centre halves who were strong and athletic and great midfield. Just played with real attack and intent the whole game. There's a relentlessness about them today which pleased me. It's always difficult to, you know, come in at half time with a good lead and then try and pick up where you left off and they got better as the game went on. Substitutes were fantastic as well, made a great contribution. I loved the the last two goals. In fact the last three goals I loved. Counter attack and then it's a great play from Griff for Odson's run. Griffiths goals only he can score those kind of goals touch finish I like the you know the Ryan Hattrick as well you know the great goals all round goals I love the connection with the, the players and the fans today I just thought the atmosphere was perfect and the players responded in the right way so we're not getting carried away but that is a, a good marker obviously is there more to come you'd like to think so as we get stronger fitter better but um, I couldn't ask any more really from we've beaten a very you know very good, rugged St Johnson team. In fact, we've you know taken them apart at times, and that pleases me. Thanks a lot for the call, John. That was John in Cumbernauld. Barry in Barhead is next up. Hi, Barry. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Not bad, Barry. What did you make of it? Uh, fantastic. Uh, I, I expect I'd, I'd seen St Johnson struggle against you know fourth on Montrose, um, so I wasn't I wasn't sure if you know St Johnson would have play it tight at the back and try to frustrate Celtic but um, obviously it never came across that way Celtic kind of more or less ran over the top of them Uh, my point is uh, regarding last season last day of the window um, when we sold Dembele uh, we obviously with the way Dembele acted um, we we couldn't really find a replacement in time Um, now if if Tierney does go I'm not sorry I need uh, Ask for your knowledge on this. I'm not sure when the English window shuts. Thursday. Thursday. So if Arsenal do come in, say, I don't know, Wednesday night, mid Wednesday night, say, here's a 25 million, I think Celtic have to be strong now and say no. They've had more or less, I think this has been rumbling on for about four weeks now. They've had four weeks to sort this. Celtic should be saying no, no, you've had your chance, you're staying with us for this season. I don't I don't think they've got MD lined up that can replace Tierney. So I think I think that ship sailed, and we have to look to ourselves now. It's about club, not about profit. I suppose the difference, Barry, would be though that Celtic did not have the time to replace Musa Dembele because the bid came at the end of our transfer window. But if the bid comes at the end of the English transfer window, Celtic would still have time to to spend that money and replace Kieran Tierney. You still have three weeks, Barry, to to do that. But there was a boy in the paper. I think it was a Brentford left back, Rico Henry. Was linked to the club today for £7 million here. But I think Barry has to be realistic And the Celtic support have to be realistic If Arsenal By Thursday Offer £25 million up front Celtic would be mad To turn it down Because this is Scotland And this is huge money Kieran Tierney Product of the Celtic Academy Has given Celtic everything and has enjoyed tremendous success. However, twenty-five million pounds, Celtic would be wrong to turn that money down, assuming 
that Kieran Tierney is willing to go to Arsenal. Celtic would be wrong to turn the money down, and the point you've made, Gordon, is the correct one. They then have plenty of time to go and get themselves another fullback. But again, volleyball and golly, by all accounts, look the part on Saturday. Bigger tests of him will come, starting on Wednesday night in Romania, but £25 million for an academy product at Celtic, they have to take the money. What do you think, Barry? Uh, well, Hugh, I'll agree to disagree with you, uh, respectfully. I, when you say £25 million for Celtic to spend, I'm a little bit, um, shall we say, I don't see the Celtic board allowing Neil Lennon to spend £25 million. Um, I don't think all, all that would go back into the team. And Probably not, but yeah. Celtic is a business. And if you are offered £25 million for a product of your academy in Scotland, you have to take that money. It, sure, it actually seems as if that's the figure that Celtic have actually been bouncing about. About £25 million, it's the way it's been structured. Yeah, it's just the structure yeah. that absolutely. seems to be the stumbling so, so point. Effectively, Arsenal would be meeting that valuation. And you're absolutely right. Hmm. See, if you're developing your own players... And making that sort of profit on them plus the contribution he's made in the last uh, three years Gordon it's remarkable Uh, Barry we've got a tweet in here from Tony saying El Hamed had a confident debut as you could ask for looked strong fast and direct something we've been missing what what did you make of him and some of the other uh, players that perhaps caught the eye out with Ryan Christie at the weekend I thought El Hamed very good very yeah pretty much direct he's um, something that we definitely lacked um, previous season I know Lustig's been a good servant to the club I think getting on in years uh, probably not as, as as well as what he was when he first came also I also like the the way Beaton's came on as a, as a centre back I know it's not his preferred position but he seems to have just adopted the role now and he's, he's willing to fight for his for his place in that position which is good because we, we Celtic are kind of um, low in numbers at centre but at, at Trusted centre backs. Um, I know Savinovic. He has his moments where sometimes you, you know if his confidence is down, he's not he's not um, as effective as he can be. Um, obviously, Ayers Ayers still young, but he, um, coming through, he looks good. Christopher Julian, Hughes right, seven million pound. They, they would have to get it badly wrong for for him to uh, you know for for Celtic to assign them. So. Um, I think I think it's looking good. Celtic have a strong squad, and that's that's what the season ahead. As long as as long as we've got uh, depth, quality, and depth in positions, then I think we're, we're in for a good season. Good man, Barry. Give us a call back sometime. Rangers and Celtic both know who they'll get if they can get past the next set of European qualifiers, and we'll look at those possibilities next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray here with me Gordon Duncan and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard we are on Twitter as always at Clyde SSB Colo has tweeted in and he says the most pleasing aspect of Saturday was a return to the intensity of the pressing St Johnson were smothered from the first whistle and they folded as a result but Francis and D-Boy are not convinced by you Hugh he says wait till Tierney's 27 he'll be worth 60 million says Francis and Celtic would be mad to accept 25 million in a year's time he'll be worth 35 based off English inflation well 
Listen, you're giving me I was told earlier on not to argue hypothetically So you're Here telling me how he's going to be a year from now And five years from now and all the rest of it Business is business And if £25 million is offered to Celtic by Thursday evening Then Celtic have to take that money This is the definition of the business model This is someone who came through Celtic's academy Who has won a treble treble who has lived the dream and now has the chance to investigate the bigger world beyond Glasgow. And Celtic, as a football club, would say to themselves, that's how the business mm. model works. Uh, we do have some news today with regarding the European qualification path yes. for both clubs. Uh, Celtic will face Slavia Prague in Champions League playoff if they get past Cluj. Mm. Um, and Rangers, if they get past Mitchelland, they'll take on either Liga Warsaw or Atromitos of Athens uh, We're told not to look too far ahead Football managers always tell us this Don't they? One game at a time uh, It's a bit more difficult When you know specifically what lies in wait Yeah, I was looking at both potential uh, targets Legia Warsaw, we've seen them a few years ago With, with Ronnie yeah. Dyler uh, Obviously it'll be a totally different team They didn't do particularly well in Europe last year Slavia Prague did exceptional last year I, I, I actually thought Oh it's a very good draw Having looked a little bit closer Some of the opposition In which they beat Gordon Some of them They beat Zenit uh, Bordeaux Seville uh, And then I think In the quarter finals They got knocked well, Chelsea, Chelsea knocked them out 1-0 yeah, over in Prague And 4-3 at the bridge So these are no mugs So but again We have to get Yeah I mean they have lost ties. players Since then as well um, But you, you, you know you know what you have to do to, yeah. to get there And you know it's not going to be easy That's just That's where we are You have to beat a number of decent sides To even get near the thing Yeah And I include Cluj Among that number So uh, You know it, It's almost impertinent To look beyond Cluj And take yourself to uh, Slavia Prague But This is kind of how it works In the Champions League You go through those four qualifying rounds And in the fourth qualifying round The chances are You're up against A real team who block your way to the riches And that would be the case with Celtic Stuart is a Rangers fan from Cote Bridge What's on your mind tonight Stuart? Good evening pal I'd like to put this point to Alex Ray Go Good evening it. Alex Hi Stuart I, I've been a Rangers report all my life What I've seen on Sunday I think Rangers uh, have turned the corner I definitely think This time last season we'd have lost that game or drew But my main point is Stephen Gerrard has been on the last couple of weeks Saying that he's won one, one more player because of Lord Kandias. Do you think Ryan Kent will be a Rangers player before the window shuts? I think so. I'm hearing a lot. A lot of my friends for Derby and all are talking about it as well. Uh, got good friends in, in Liverpool. If they don't get him back to Glasgow Rangers, he's just going to go down. He's just going to go down where he was, back to where he was before, and Liverpool are going to lose out in, in the millions. But if he does go back to Rangers, his fee could increase. What do you think, Ray? I I I am the opinion. I said it over the last couple of uh, times I've been on the show that I felt as if if it gets to the window and there hasn't been a, a concrete bid uh, for whatever the valuation Liverpool rate hammer, I think there's every opportunity that he could wind up back at uh, Rangers due to the fact his relationship with Steven Gerrard in terms of the connection. So that's a possibility, but. Uh, and I actually think if they got him back It would be a big boost in terms of what I saw At, at the disposal Because I still feel as if Ryan Kent has a lot more to offer mm. Than the players that Rangers currently have And he knows the system He knows the landscape And he has actually performed at a decent level Given what Jurgen Klopp said about the time for loans Being over Alex Is it 
more likely then that Liverpool would accept a smaller fee for him rather than send them out on loan? Uh, uh, they will have a valuation of him, Gordon. And yeah, and, that, and so if it comes to the last day of the window and a bid comes in that is short of that valuation, would they not still take that option rather than just keep him and send him out on loan, given that Jurgen Klopp said on record that he doesn't want to do that? There's a possibility of that, Gordon. It would be down to what Liverpool see the valuation. If it's a, a, a low ball offer, they might not entertain it. But uh, Hugh's, Hugh's right in terms of you when you're developing guys like Tierney. Liverpool have developed his kid So they've obviously got invested interest in him And they'll obviously try and maximise that Would another year up uh, at Rangers Do the, the valuation better If he'd another season like last year Then they might reach that valuation So it's really just in, until the window closes We'll have a better idea I mean, Hugh, If you listen to Stephen Gerrard he's not, he's not giving off the impression that it's likely to happen But as we know with these things You, you never say never Until the, the window closes and all the rest of it Sure uh, But the problem for me Gordon would be Rangers would have to sell before they could buy Ryan Kent, I think, because they have pushed the boat out to help Stephen Gerrard. And I don't think there's any more distance for the boat to be pushed out. Stuart, what do you think? I think there's actually more money there. Uh, I think there's more money there, yes, because uh, the, the talk was, I was doing it, I was in Spain a couple of weeks ago, I was a good friend in Derby, on a good couple of bars. Um, one of my friends walked in at UK, uh, Brian Clusson, uh, I'm very friendly with him And I've been with friends with, I used to When I used to go to uh, Spain when I was younger He used to always sit in the corner He'd be, he'd be, he'd be half as I called him uh, If Brian If, if his son's listening He'll know what I'm on about I used to always talk to his son Every We always go for the first or the second week in July And he was telling me a, a lot of good things He said Rangers are going to be very very close I mean Brian Cuff still is involved in all for he did all the stuff, all the background stuff. He's a very, very hard worker, by the way. A very, very hard worker. He's very a lovely person. But he told me he was he was going back and forward. He's, he's seen Gerald. He spoke to Gerald. He still thinks that Ryan Kent is a silly boy. I, I think I think what Nigel Clough believes about this deal is it's all very well and good, and I'm glad you're so friendly with him. However, this is Liverpool Football Club's business. And I'm not sure how much Nigel Clough knows about uh, Jurgen Klopp's business. As I say, I don't think there's any more money left. I think Rangers would have to sell someone in order to buy Ryan Kent. And obviously that someone would be Morelos. But there's no sign of anybody on the horizon for him. I do hope he is listening, by the way, for what it's worth. But thank you to Stuart and Cope Bridge. We're going to have to be very quick with Robert and Stevenson. Hi, Robert. Oh hi there, uh, it was just to speak about the Rangers fans at the Commandment game on Saturday and getting into the ground mm-hmm. I'm a Celtic fan, I've been to uh, Rugby Park uh, the last two twice, Celtic have been there and down at that end where they put the Celtic and Rangers fans at the Donald stand, it's a total nightmare um, it was bad last year, we got, and my son and I got uh, outside, the, outside the stadium 25 past the hour um, the game was meant to start on there. We didn't get into the ground to seven minutes after the game started, and there was terrible uh, crowding, pushing, uh, people trying to get out of the crowd, etc., etc. It's really, really bad because I think they haven't got enough turnstiles at that end of the, um, the ground. And also, the stewards are, if there's some women there and some men there with a bag, they're stopping them, they're searching the bags, it backs up. People can't get into the park in time And last time Celtic were there uh, The fans were shouting You have to open the doors here There are people in here suffering 
but um, the police didn't bother. The stewards said we didn't have the authority to do that, etc., etc. So this is an ongoing uh, problem at Kilmarnock, um, and it'll happen every time Celtic Rangers fans are there because of. There's a lot of fans that go there quite early. We thought getting up, get the stadium half an hour, 35 minutes before, would be fine. No, it wasn't. And there's still people coming in later. So it's just one problem that, that happened last year. It should have been um, like a warning, etc., etc. I think the only thing it did different this year was when the, all the people shouted, you have to open the gates and let us in, and people are getting crushed. They did it this year. But that's not a... That's not yeah. a good uh, health and safety uh, practice. Yeah, this is why, Hugh, you, you have to sort of separate a couple of different issues here. I said that earlier on. That That's Robert talking about his experience as a Celtic fan, and he, he recognises what some of the Rangers fans experienced outside yesterday. That isn't really linked to the running on the pitch and the destruction of the disabled shelter no. and the potential danger. They're not really linked. Because you can't you can't you can't condone any of that stuff, but at the same time, it shows you that a few parties need to come together here yeah. and, and and sort this type of thing out. Without doubt, it's another serious matter. the The most serious matter was the uh, disabled enclosure uh, and what happened there with people dancing on the roof and the roof giving way. And you you blame those people for that? No, no one yeah, else yeah. is to blame for yeah, that. Absolutely, surely. absolutely. They, they took the decision to climb on to that. Uh, and as I say, it's a mercy that no one was seriously injured. Um, but football down through the years has had enough tragedies with uh, crowds surging towards turnstiles and so on and so forth. Kilmarnock have now been given just cause to have a serious look at what goes on there on match days and they must take that on board. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for sharing your experiences. I think it's time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish football. I was really, really sad to see a clean sweep for the pundits last week on Beat the Pundit. Let's see if we can do better, listeners. Give us a call right now if you want to play. 01419511025. Come on here, take on Alex Ray or Hugh Keevens and win yourself a signed football. It's as easy as that. You only have until the news at seven, so be quick. 01419511025. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Evans are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Looking back on an incident packed weekend in the Scottish Leagues, we've been assessing Celtic's blistering start to the season, Rangers' dramatic winner, all the scenes uh, outside the pitch at Rugby Park yesterday as well. And I want to talk about Scott McKenna. What a big story that is mm. developing. He's handed in a transfer request that appears Aberdeen are not too impressed. What does that mean? Is that going to open the door for a move to somewhere like Celtic, who've been interested in the past? Or perhaps a move down south Maybe even he'll stay where he is If you want to discuss that 01419511025 After Beat the Pundit Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football It was a clean sweep for the pundits last week Hate to see it I hate to see it I like to see the listeners Come on here and put your lot in your place Let's see if John Paul from Cleland Can go one better tonight Hi John Paul How you doing mate? Not too bad How are you? I'm good, mate. Good stuff. Do you fancy your chances? Feeling yeah, confident? Yeah, give that a go. Yeah. That's all you can do. Uh, heads, it's going to be Hugh Evans that's taking on John Paul. Tails, it will be Alex Ray. 
and it is heads Hugh Keevans I think you've played is this three in a row oh yeah oh, well sorry that's the way the coin works right I'm going to give Hugh some clay two in his ear and that way he can't hear what you're saying John Paul you've got 30 seconds you're head to head with Hugh you can pass here is your chance to beat the pundit are you ready? Hey, aye aye right let's do it who scored Rangers winner at the weekend? From which club did Celtic sign Olivier and Cham? Uh, PSG What was the final score in yesterday's penalty shootout between Man City and Liverpool? 5-4 How many Scottish teams did Jim McIntyre play for in his career? 3 In what year did Scott Allen originally sign for Hibs? 2007 Who did Harry Maguire play for before Leicester? Wolves Who will Celtic face in the Champions League playoffs if they get past Cluj? Uh, Prague Okay uh, Let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh can you hear us now? I can You can Great stuff Same set of questions to you Let's do it yes Okay Who scored Rangers winner yesterday? Goldson From which club did Celtic sign Olivier and Cham? Pass What was the final score in yesterday's penalty shootout Between Man City and Liverpool? 5-4 How many Scottish teams did Jim McIntyre play for in his career? 5 In what year did Scott Allen originally sign for Hibs? 2016 who did Harry Maguire play for before Leicester? Pass. Who will Celtic face in the Champions League playoffs if they get past Cluj? League of War. Uh, Slavia Prague. Oh. John Paul, he didn't sound too sure there, did he? I nearly did that. Okay, let's go through and find out. Especially considering I have to accept the first answer. Uh, let's find Ooh, out. I didn't get the whole name out though. Uh, that was an incomplete slip of the tongue. Might not even to the full answer. Might not even matter. You might have been dead and buried before then. Uh, who scored Rangers winner? A nice easy one to get you up and running. It was Connor Goldson. You both got it. Uh, what was the final score in yes? Oh, sorry. Who did Celtic sign Olivier and Cham from? It was Man City. Oh. Did neither of them get that? No one got that. Uh, so it's one all. What was the final score in yesterday's penalty shootout between Man City and Liverpool? It was five four to Man City. You both got that. Well done. How many teams did Jim McIntyre play for in Scotland in his career? It was four. So none of you got that right. In what year did Scott Allen originally sign for Hibs? It was twenty fourteen. None of you got that. Who did Harry Maguire play for before Leicester? Hull. It was Hull. None of you get that one. Who will Celtic face in the Champions League playoffs if they get past Cluj? I'm looking at the producer, Stewart's inquiry. Surely Hugh Keevan's answer doesn't count. I can't give you. I have to accept your first answer. <laughs> what you said was not the right answer. John Paul got it right, and he is the winner with a dramatic 3 oh, 2 victory. Ah. John Paul Con- is. Congratulations. John Paul is Connor Goldson in disguise. John Paul, well done to you. Sign balls on its way. Hey, cheers, man. Thanks. Good man. That was John Paul in Cleland. Come on, you've you've seen enough of these to know that doesn't count. Gordon Dale would spit the dummy. He'd take the huff at that. I think you know deep down that's. I'm too old to take the huff. Yeah, I I'm think just, I'm just going to phone your mother when this comes <laughs> I think you know. I, I can tell the look in his face, Alex. He knows when he's made a mistake. He's got his tail between his legs. Yeah, he knows. Anyway, that was John Paul in Cleland. Your chance to beat the pundit at the same time uh, tomorrow night. Keep the calls coming. Then 0141 951. 1025 A big story coming out Elsewhere in Scottish football today Mm. um, Would be that Scott McKenna Has handed in a transfer request To Aberdeen It's been knocked back By the club Now remember Nottingham Forest And QPR have had bids Rejected in this window Aston Villa and Celtic Have had previous uh, Bids rejected How do you See this one Playing out? I think it's a body blow For uh, Derek McInnes You have Ash Taylor And Considine Already injured Mickey Gordon. Devlin Sorry uh, yeah, yeah Constance only one he's got So you look at the two players 
You've got all these games coming up Europe Very uh-huh. important Try to get to the group stages Started the season very well Then all of a sudden One of your star players Throws in a transfer request Which is quickly being kiboshed to you But the interesting thing is Where do you go from here? You know because the player's mindset yeah. is I want to leave The club are digging their heels in It's a guessing game now Because Is there something going on? Is Chris Iyer Going to Leicester? Or is Simonovic Going somewhere? Uh, are Celtic Laying the groundwork For McKenna coming in? Or Are Celtic Not part of this equation at all? Does An English club have a plan to come in before the window closes on Thursday and get Scott McKenna. I think Scott McKenna has been proactive. He's taking matters into his own hands and has said to Aberdeen, look, I have done my very best for this club, but there's a big wide world out there and I would like mm. to go now. Gordon, one of the key things as well is the figures. You know, if you the reports have been it's around about the three, three and a half million pound. They've already knocked back round about the seven million pound from Aston Villa last year. You think to yourself that at least have to double down before Aberdeen will budge an inch. Uh, let's try and look at both sides of this because when a player hands in a transfer request, people tend to look negatively on the player, don't they? From from yeah. maybe fans of the club, um, I'm sure Derek McInnes is not impressed given some of the, the reports today and so on. But let's let's try our best to look at both sides because if if you're Scott McKenna, Alex, it's not like this is the first window in the first bid and then he's, he's, he's spat the dummy out he's stayed at Aberdeen for quite some time whilst they've knocked back bid after bid after bid yep. if you were inside his head you'd probably be thinking if the Aston Villa bid had been accepted I'd be playing in the Premier League right now I'd have been worked with John Terry you know, for the last however many months yeah. and, I'd, and I've, I'd have been in the the Premier League So he stayed And he hasn't let It affect his performances I think he, I think he might have been Man of the match yesterday Or he was Certainly discussed As having a good performance So at, at what point Do you sympathise With a player's Desire to Try and make something happen uh, uh, It's frustrating Gordon you, you hear Neil Lennon Talking about uh, Tierney About their heads Being turned as well When there's offers coming in They may well want to Try and push on In their career In terms of going down to Maybe the Championship Maybe down to the English Premiership and that's the stepping stone, the natural stepping stone. And for me, you don't know what the actual conversations were with Derek McInnes initially when the Aston Villa comes in. Maybe he says, give me another year. And that, that has passed now. So you just don't know what the actual conversation has taken place. The boys obviously says, I want to move. So it becomes very difficult for Derek McInnes to manage through this situation. The saving grace for Derek is that, the particularly the English window, if Celtic's not an option, is that, that that will close on Thursday So that may well put it to bed a lot quicker than it could have been I mean, When Derek was a young man He went to English football And distinguished himself there English football is now much bigger than it was When Derek McInnes was there And if that is Scott McKenna's aim mm. Who can blame him? And given that there were bids rejected in This time last year There were bids rejected in January it, you can only assume that Scott McKenna's not done this lightly Because he would, he would yeah, have done it then if, You know, if, if he was If he was the type to just be determined to, to, to force the hand He would have, he would have done it then yeah, Gordon, it seems to me as if there may I, I'm, I'm only sp- speculating here It seems as if there's already been a conversation with the manager Because when you see if you, the, the club knocked back £7 million here yeah. You know, particularly on the back of a very good season You're thinking, that would be an unbelievable move Financially, it could probably set him for life then all of a sudden you say, right, okay, mentally, I'm digging in for another year. Has an impressive season. The same thing happens the following su- summer and then the club are maybe outpricing them or not accepting the bids there. So, But you also, on the other side of the coin is, we've already given it for the players' point of view, is 
You also have to take it for the club. They want to maximise their investment. Absolutely, but think of recent examples. Moussa Dembele started to make himself a problem for Brendan Rodgers at Celtic, and Brendan Rodgers couldn't have that. So he moved Dembele out before they became a serious problem. Dedrick Boyata actually refused to play in a Champions League pre-qualifier. He refused to play and got away with it and then come back into the Celtic team. But Scott McKenna has given everything to Aberdeen and as you said, Gordon, yesterday, outstanding again in the win over Hearts. So he's simply expressing a wish to go to a bigger playground. Arguably game of the weekend We're about to take more of your calls But let's quickly hear from uh, Derek McInnes Aberdeen beating Hearts 3-2 At Pataudry Sam Cosgrove Opened the scoring Stephen Naismith Returned Equalised mm. Jamie Walker had Hearts in front Aaron Hickey sent off uh, Sam Cosgrove levelling from the spot And Ryan Hedges sealing it late on it, it truly did have everything Here's what Derek McInnes made of it Crowd were brilliant today I think they, they responded to Not only the quality of play But clearly the The effort from a team today And it's I think it's important that I think this we've always had teams here that, that score late winners. Um, it's worth about 12, 15 points a campaign that when you've got that wherewithal and determination still to keep pushing and pushing. And the crowd um, certainly helped matters today. You could see the, the crowd, I think, had an appreciation and understanding that a lot of my players were running empty. But together, uh, you know, with the subs, the, the, the fight for the team and the, the crowd it was a, it ended up a really good afternoon for us and you've seen Pataudry at its best today and the sunshine brilliant atmosphere and fans going home, home happy with three points Yeah it was great I watched the highlights and it was tremendous excitement uh, a real quality premiership match and it's a great pity for Derek McInnes that as expectations rise in the North East that Scott McKenna takes his own future into his own hands and says to Aberdeen, I'd really like to go somewhere else. However, that's the nature of football. As I say, Derek did it himself as a player. He went to England. Yeah, they've started the season really well, Aberdeen. You know, and you look at the, the crowd yesterday, who was 16,500. But yeah. I think the whole kind of circumstances, Gordon touched on them, the way the scoring went, Hearts went there 2 1. Young Hickey. We've been raving about him on this programme I've got him on my fantasy team And then he ends up getting sent off But he will learn for that as well Gordon, a brilliant little talent Is that, is that negative points in the, the old uh, fantasy listen, football? I'm devastated I'm probably bought me the celebrity table we're on But anyway So um, I think it was a brilliant uh, advert for the game A healthy crowd And Derek will be absolutely delighted I just can't believe you're still considered a celebrity But anyway, move swiftly <laughs> on head. Uh, We did... Um, in a split second, almost see the importance that Stephen Naismith might bring to the well, should bring to the Hearts team this this season. Hugh, yeah, I mean, four year contract mm. at his age that shows you how much uh, Craig Levine values Stephen Naismith, and uh, he will be a big, big player for Hearts this season. They've been criticised, but they put up a real good show yesterday, uh, and now they have to make the most of their next game. Um, I mean, you talk about markers being laid down You hear all these phrases The, 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 the harsh reality is that there's so far to go But Derek McInnes will have seen Encouraging signs from, from his team over the last couple of weeks Alex, yeah. I think every pundit on the show tipped him to finish third 
Yeah, Absolutely. I think so By the way, if you want to head to At Clyde SSB You can find all the predictions From the pundits uh, Over the weekend uh, They make interesting reading But yeah, that, that that will be An encouraging sign for him Because it had a bit of everything It had the good yeah. football But also that character To come back from, from being yeah. behind Well, I think when you look At the actual start To their campaign, Gordon You know, you look at Cosgrove Eight goals in five games Whew, Remarkable return so soon and then you look at the performances, the big one uh, yesterday, he'll be encouraged with that. Mark is in Uddingston, what's your point tonight, Mark? Hi, panel, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, I'm second team caller, uh, how are you doing, Gordon, you and Alec? Hi there, yeah, all good. Uh, last time I called, I was regarding kind of support for Neil Lennon and the Celtic fans were kind of unrealistic about who their options were. But tonight, I'm really phoning up regarding Stephen O'Donnell. I'm actually just going to turn my radio off just now. Uh, I find it absolutely perplexed that Celtic haven't even made a bid for this boy. He's got everything going for him, you know. He's tall, strong, quick, good in both boxes. Um, Scott Sinclair certainly didn't get much change out of him last year. Um, I think Celtic have, have had a lot of success They're buying pullbacks from other Scottish clubs. You know, McNamara, McKinley, Agar, Lawson and... Dare I say Mark Wilson um, <laughs> I was wondering if he was going to make the list Mark, You were doing so well there as well <laughs> I know, I know But they, they, they all done a, a, a good job for Celtic And for not a lot of money I just find it absolutely astonishing mm. It's just a no-brainer for me It's there, a fair there, suggestion there was, actually, there was contact at the start of the summer I know that for a fact There was contact earlier on uh, The summer of the, about his availability He's only into his last year as well So wouldn't it be fortunes What's, what's it going to cost, half a million? But I honestly don't know what the figure would be. I'm sure uh, Kamarnock would try and maximise that. But in terms of what you would get, effectively you're getting an international. So whether it was a half a million, three quarters of a million, uh, you know, it's not going to cost you the earth. And I suppose, Hugh, because in terms of a, a numbers game, if Anthony Ralston is is not going to be part of the plans, I mean, he did come on at the weekend. But yeah. I know that there's there's been a widespread feeling that Celtic were going to go out and get two right backs. And, uh-huh. you know, they've got one. So they may still need another one Would that be a, a decent shout As far as you're concerned? Of course uh, But Mark is speaking on the 5th of August As if the transfer window closed on the 6th of August it, It's still got three weeks to go And uh, you know Neil Lennon's entitled to weigh up his options And he's still got that time available to him So you can't rule it out altogether mm-hmm. Because of the circumstances that Alec has outlined that it's well, last totally day of his agree. contract. But to- totally agree. I totally agree. I'm not kind of panicking. I'm just perplexed by. It. I mean, I, I kind of recognise this. You know, halfway through the end of last season, I thought this, this boy's. You know, he's got everything about him. It he, might be yeah. though that if if Kieran Tierney does go by mm-hmm. Thursday, uh, that Celtic have in mind um, a multi-million pound buy. Uh, with no disrespect to Stephen O'Donnell, they might have. A big name in mind Hugh, one of the factors as well That I think Celtic may well be waiting on Is when the window closes And they have their 25-man squad named Potentially there'll be players Who are surplus within that When the English window closes yes. Yeah, do you think that'll change the dynamic Up here? Because we've always closed at roughly the same time Do you think, we, will we see A knock-on effect? Well, one of the things is, Gordon If both both uh, England and Scotland were closing in the 31st they, they wouldn't be able to, you know So If the window closed, you'd miss that opportunity So I think it's uh, it's more beneficial to the Scottish clubs now The actual system closing down there Because the ones who are surplus 
Whoever wants to go and try and tap into whatever level it is mm-hmm. can go and then tap into that. Well, we'll soon find out in the coming weeks. Thank you very much, Mark and Uddingston. We'll hopefully speak to you soon. It's 01419511025 on the phones. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. And we've got a good full time teaser wow. for the guys coming up next. See if you can get all the answers to this one. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Alex Ray and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Time for these two to tackle tonight's full time teaser. We've got some nice questions sitting in the inbox, but we need more. So if you want to contribute, we'd love to have your questions. Send them into full time at Clyde One. That's fulltime at Clyde1.com You send the questions in The pundits try their best To come up with the answers In the last half an hour of the show mm-hmm. So tonight is this Let us uh, let me count up Just to make sure we've got the right number One, two, three, four We're looking for ten players Who got double figures for bookings In the Premiership last McKenna season Hamilton. Can you name ten players Who got double figures for bookings In the Scottish Premiership last season Season That one was sent in uh, From Ryan Mc- In Bathgate McKinnon From Hamilton Darian McKinnon Yes Yes He was joint top on 12 Just the 12 Just the 12 Letting the midfield Damn it down uh, Scott, Scott Brown uh, Yep He's in there on 11 Is Morelos there? He's in there on 10 <laughs> Shinny no, would you oh, believe? Do you know what? He was, he's usually he's guaranteed up there. for about 15. Right, you can play along with us on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's see what you've got then. We're looking for the 10 players who got double figures for bookings in the Scottish Premiership last season. The guys have given you a head start Darian McKinnon, Scott Brown, Alfredo Morello. Still looking for a few others. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, just double checking. I uh, get another seven to go. Do we? One. Yeah, still seven to go. All right, plenty of time to get them. Considine? No. You got off to a good start Don't ruin it Quite well you're ahead well, Don't quite actually Because we need you to come up With more answers Let's continue looking back On the weekend I'm thinking um, Various other things Jumped out at us But St Mirren Might be one of them In this part of the world Any buddies out there What did you make of it Was it was it better than you thought I mean ultimately It was a defeat But there was so much Doom and gloom Before the game And after the Betfred Cup You seem to equip yourselves Pretty well So does that give you Optimism or not Let us know 01419511025 Jim Goodwin says There were positive signs Despite the 1-0 loss To Hibs on Saturday He was happy with The new signings And says there's plenty more To come from them Four of the boys Only met each other Five days ago So it doesn't allow you A great deal of time With them And to try and get you know Them up to speed uh, Obviously Two or three of them are lacking in fitness. Um, Ilkay Darmas, this is his first game for about six weeks. You know, So we just have to be careful with them. We don't want to ask too much of them too early and then they end up breaking down and getting injured. But I think you can see the quality that we've added You know, just in that one performance. You know, We're not getting carried away, of course we're not, because as I said, at the end of the day we've lost the game. But I think Sam Foley was outstanding in the middle of the pitch, breaking things up, keeping things simple. Uh, Ilkay Darmas shows what he's capable of in terms of getting forward, being positive, uh, getting at people it's, it's never great mentioning names but you know, I thought the four debutants in particular were excellent considering they're still getting to know the lads Sean McLaughlin and Gaz McKenzie look brilliant he gives us a great bit of balance there at the back as well and obviously Big John comes on with 35 minutes to go and you can see he's a presence you can see he's got quality once we get those guys up to speed and get the fitness levels up then um, you know we'll be in a, a lot better position I've got no doubt going forward yeah, absolutely. I think it was encouraging uh, for Jim in terms of the performance to take it so long into the game. They thought we may well have got a, 
a point They look quite bright on the counter attack as well Gordon I think the key thing that Jim mentioned there The bodies that they've actually brought in They'll have another week to gel and get things going It's about getting partnerships and their cohesion Going forward and uh, you know that's Encouraging signs It certainly sounds very positive uh, You know I had my fears for them Going to Easter Road I thought it might have got pretty rough on them there uh, And they were five minutes away from a terrific point To take back to Paisley So 37 games to go Plenty of time To put a few of us in our place Those who thought that the St Mirren would go down Or would be in the playoffs So good luck Jim Goodwin We, I, I think we did pretty well To make it through the first weekend Without a real refereeing controversy Didn't we? No calls yet Put it that way It's half past seven on a Monday Usually that we're That doesn't at, mean there was not we're, a couple of bad decisions You're right you're, you're reading my mind here Alex uh-huh. Ray um, I don't really want to bring in this feature Because I think it's unfair Um but if we were to do worst decision of the weekend, where would it have been? I would think that the the handball decisions up at uh, Ross County, the, both of them were pretty poor. They were clear handballs for me. So I would say the both of them would come into that reckoning. And will Flo Camberry be oh, the offside. frustrated at his offside <laughs> decision <laughs> against St Mirren? It was that a one? shocking decision. And the thing is, the linesman's looking across that line. It did not look as if he was off in the slightest bit. If you're only talking about them three decisions over the course of a weekend, I consider that a decent uh, return because uh, I think there was one in uh, one one in uh, Friday night's game as well. Hugh, in terms of the championship, the Dunfermline match. Listen, referee mistakes will be with us from now until the end of time. Uh, I've watched them over the last fifty years, uh, but occasionally you get a real howler. You just have to hope that on the big occasions, referees get the big calls correct. Yeah, I think we've done all right. The, Not too the, bad. They can breathe a sigh of relief at Handon. I think we made it through one week. Um, we, we usually get the old um, notices of complaint tomorrow, but I think I think I think we're in the clear for Brilliant. one week for one week only. Yeah. Oh, but the good thing about it is you can start talking about football. Sort of, kinda. Yeah, we do try. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you've got anything to add, Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Lots of answers. Um, coming in for this teaser, I must say, loads and loads. Jerry's on. He's not a fan of the teaser, but Jerry, I mean, can't, can't please everyone. Tell that to all the other people who are sending the answers in, because I can see some good attempts coming. Jerry's having a, another mm. Jerry is having a go. Scott Liddell's throwing his tuppence worth in. Um, Hugh has got a couple on there as well. The dark guys, he's thrown one. Good, good response. But we'll get back to it. Let's speak to David, who's a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld. Hi, David. Hey, good evening, panel. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the rangers Kamarnock game and uh, laterally a little bit of the disabled uh, seating issue. Uh, Not within the game itself, uh, just within uh, Scottish football in large. Okay. Uh, I think uh, the game went okay for a first game. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with the final product, but I think it's the first real competitive game. And um, we did have a problem with Kamarnock last year and... um, to get that uh, thing off our backs is always going to be a good thing. And I think um, towards the end of the season, everybody was praising uh, Celtic about showing the mark of champions and being able to get grind out a victory. So I think that's a good sign for the Angels that we have that sort of uh, determination. But um, for me, Morelos looked very uninterested for most of the match. Um, I feel like he's maybe an is in a half, but he always seems to have like that kind of angry face on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, David, to, 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 I, I was watching the game uh, uh, live, and particularly in the first half, I actually really, really enjoyed the battles. He didn't strike me as if it was a player who was not interested in having a go. 
he, he tried to fight his corner uh, The second half pretty much passed him by But I wouldn't say it was, he was anyway in the huff uh, He's charging about And when you actually see his celebrations at the end as well it was a guy who was very much up for the for the fight, and uh, so I think there's more things to come from Alfredo in terms of goals and assists and uh, a better performance. But I don't didn't get detected up in terms of what he's there to do, Alec, which is score goals. He had a bad day. Happens, happens to him, and it will happen to him again before the season's over. But he just wasn't bang at it yesterday in terms of. Being the number one hope for a yeah. goal, and get, and Rangers didn't create a great deal either, did they? So. A lot of his stuff was he, he was trying to carve himself, Gordon. You know when he was fighting someone, he was trying to roll Finley, trying to get shots off. But at least it was one of the days that nothing was coming off for the offensive players. Morelos was one, Ojo was another. Arfield got the tap in for a couple of yards, but in the main, all the offensive players really struggled to kind of make a big impact on that. The game, game. was decided in set pieces, wasn't it? Absolutely, um, David. You can't really base. Everything on, on one game There's still a long way to go but How do you feel about The general strength of the squad And having seen them In domestic action yesterday Maybe areas for improvement Or, or things that you think Could be done better I think it's uh, A little bit of a stylistic change uh, Within the team I think It seems to be a lot more Free-flowing passing Try to drag uh, players out of position Just from my own eyes But you approach each team With their different game plans Maybe that was just the game plan for Kamarnik, I don't know. Um, I feel like the team is seeming to connect with a lot more passes. They seem to have a lot better vision of where everybody is. Uh, I don't recall really seeing Rangers being too much uh, troubled with um, passing or finding the, the target of of the crosses as well, which I think is uh, I think we maybe had a problem. I still think we had uh, a lot of um, goals. Scored from um, in play crosses, if I remember correctly, within uh, last season. So I feel like um, that might be a, more of a thing that they're focusing on uh, this this year. Um, but as I said, the one against Kamarnik last year was a difficult prospect, and to finally get that that win is always going to be a good feeling going forward. The wonderful thing about this country is that after one game where Rangers snatch victory from the jaws of a draw. Everyone assumes, right, they've got the right characteristics and resilience. Now, they'll be the title winners. Celtic scores seven goals, look absolutely stunning. And the Celtic fans say, right, that's it. No one can touch us. The league is a shoe-in. That's the wonderful thing. And there are 37 games still to be played. Um, David, hang on the line. We'll get, I know you had another point to make. We'll get it in just a second, Alex. I saw a lot of criticism. I'm on social media for... For Borna Barisic yeah. is, is that unfair Or are you able to offer Any sort of defence For him at the moment I thought he had a really Difficult afternoon Yesterday uh, Gordon I uh, I was frustrated Watching him Because the amount of times That the ball came to him And he doesn't even open up To the look for a forward pass And he, he's such a safe player Coming back Whereas Because you've got A guy in the opposite side Who when he gets his uh, the ball He's looking to bust forward Take the, the team up the, the pitch And he's driving the team forward I don't see that with, with Barisic And unfortunately Even when he did get into the final third His, his crosses were poor uh, More or less hitting the goalkeeper every time uh, So I thought he had a really difficult afternoon And for me He has to up the ante Because uh, otherwise he will not keep his place What would you put that down to? Is that is that a lack of ability? Is it a lack of belief, confidence, fitness? I mean, a combination of the above. Gordon, he may well feel by keeping possession that that may well be doing him uh, a great justice. For me, it's not. He has to be a lot more 
aggressive with his play He has to drive the team up the pitch And be dri- driving him 30 or 40 yards up Even if he does come back You're at a more advanced stage To make uh, uh, You know the possession hurt The opposition So I just didn't see it at all And I looked at a, a guy who was a breath of uh, you know confidence. It just seems that he's very different from the player that played against Rangers, Absolutely. and the one that caught the eye in such a manner that urged Rangers to go and to go and splash money yeah. on him. He he was a guy who was well, it's, it's keen to get, to get up and down. Absolutely, because you're actually seeing a guy who's going into the Croatian national team. Seems as if he's starting to establish himself at that level, which is a very good level of football. I don't know if it's the pressure of playing with Rangers, uh, the expectations, but he has struggled. Now you never know; he may well turn that round, but. What I've seen so far He has a good bit to go uh, David I know you had some thoughts On the off-field stuff that The trouble in the stands And so on What, what are your your uh, thoughts on that one? Well uh, My brother actually Is in a wheelchair um, I find that a lot of thought um, Not as much thought As could be given to The disabled fans As often given to In, this, in the Scottish game um, mm. We always find it hard um, When he wants to go To the football To, to get in And um, I think it's. Uh, I think uh, if in uh, our society now, um, a lot. Of, I think a lot more thought is beginning to be given to those sides of supporters. Um, because uh, obviously the my brother, uh, he loves supporting his team the same as any other person would. And I just wish maybe people would give a little bit more thought to our, for other people mm-hmm. rather than well, getting all excited and jumping on things. I think David's possibly hit the nail on the head there, Hugh. It's a lack of thought because I don't. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't imagine those gentlemen thought, "Let's go and break this disabled shelter." I don't well, think there was a deliberate intention there, but that's the point. They're not thinking. Well, that was the very word I used when we spoke about this for the the first time this evening. I said it was an unthinking gesture. In a perfect world, you wouldn't stand up and put yourself on that roof. You would you would give it far more thought and bear in mind who's underneath that roof. The only thing I can imagine now for a rugby park is that they have to section off, cordon off that area so that it is not possible to reach that roof or else take that construction away and come up with some other way of helping disabled supporters. Or can you just try and ask people to be a bit more considerate? That's why I said in a perfect world, People wouldn't bang mm. on that roof And frighten people underneath And yeah. certainly would not stand on the roof David, are we are we making strides? You'll know a lot more about this than, than me Scottish football, the environment for disabled fans Is it getting better in, in any way as far as you're concerned? Well, uh, if I remember correctly This is when Carlos Queller was still on the, the Rangers team um, uh, I think it, it has got uh, It seems to be taking steps in the right direction um, but obviously, when when you're crawling and you could be running towards something, you you should be taking a faster faster approach to it. But I think maybe moving at all in the right direction is a good thing rather than not moving at all. Mm. Okay, well, listen. Hopefully, there is still well. We know there's room for improvement. Hopefully, we don't see too many scenes like that in the future. Thanks to David for sharing his experiences. Uh, we've got Stephen hanging on the line. We'll get to him in just a moment or two. But we need to see how you're doing on tonight's mm. teaser. Ryan and Bathgate sent it in full time at Clyde1.com. Looking for the ten players who got double figures in terms of yellow cards in the Premiership last season: Darren McKinnon, Scott Brown, Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Jack. Nope. Christoph Berra. Nope. I've got a few here So if you want to carry on Hugh Just before I give my 10 Ryan Edwards Nope 
Just give me a couple Power Yes he's got 10 Broadfoot Nope Ferguson Yes he got 11 Hanlon No Alright we'll leave it there 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 still to go We're going to speak to Stephen and Renfrew And we'll try and get the rest of the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Are into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard And that means they better Buck up their ideas When it comes to the full time teaser If you've got a good question Or even an idea for a good question We'd love to have it Full time at Clyde com. That's full time at Clyde1.com Ryan and Bathgate sent this one in tonight Can you name the 10 players Who got double figures for bookings In the Premiership last season The bad boys Darren McKinnon, Scott Brown Lewis Ferguson Alfredo Morelos Alan Power You're halfway there Paul yeah. McGinn Yes, Paul McGinn Great shout uh, Yeah Wonderful shout from you Hugh McKenna Keynes. No uh, Stuart Finlay Nope Logan uh, The boy Charlie Dunn At Motherwell Nope Aldred No Hartley No But we'll leave it there That's too many You have uh, <laughs> You've used up all your guesses For the next few minutes Let's go back and speak to Stephen And Renfrew Hi Stephen uh, Good evening uh, Gordon, you and uh, Alec yeah. Hi Stephen um, I, I let Echo a few calls ago And I was talking about Stephen O'Donnell uh, Commander, mm-hmm. I think he's. I, I think uh, he's not got potential. I think he's he's got it already, and he's he can go up the way, and and it'll be they can keep the, the money in Scottish football. Maybe, maybe he's an international, so maybe I'm a winner too. Uh, gives it to Kilmarnock and then Scottish football gets better. Can you can I have your points on that? Well, it wouldn't be two million because he's in the last. Year of his contract So I mean it know. might if Kilmarnock Were just incredibly Good at, at Negotiating But it certainly yeah. impacts The fee when you're In but, your last but, year doesn't it But this is Peter Lobo You're talking about Peter doesn't come across With two million pounds For someone in the last year Of his contract uh, However Pardon me No no sorry 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 for interrupting On you go Sorry uh, I also think that Again And I mean no disrespect To Stephen O'Donnell Neil Lennon is entitled to take all of his options into account and there's still three weeks and more of this transfer window to go. So you as a Celtic fan would always like to think that Celtic would aspire to get the best players possible. So for all we know, Kieran Tierney could go. £25 million goes into the kitty. Not all of it to be spent, but Neil Lennon might have his eye on a player a multi-million pound player to bring in in that position. So again, you would want Neil Lennon to bring the best possible to Celtic and that's with no disrespect to Stephen O'Donnell. Stephen, I think it's fair to say Celtic have been looking for right-back options, whether it be first choice or backup for quite some time. Stephen O'Donnell's always been there. Do you think the fact that they've not ever really gone for him before is a, is a sign that, that there's not a great deal of appetite there or, or have things changed as far as you're concerned? I, I think that in the background there could be some Stephen Donald. Uh, there's a lot of fans talking, talking about it. And Anthony Ralston's the a bit quiet, but the thing is, he's he's got it. I've, I've watched. He's similar to Stephen O'Donnell up and down the park. He can score goals, and so we need three um, sort of cover for each position. And then Neil Lennon's nearly got that. Uh, you've got you've got um, left back, Colin Golly. You've got Johnny Hayes and Tierney will still be there in my mind because number one, he's never he's never in front of the media 
and his Celtic daft and his rehab try to get fit. So there's my three points in Tierney. All the stuff about Celtic daft and he is Celtic daft, but uh, mm-hmm. so was Brendan Rogers, apparently. Uh, apparently, I like that. Too. <laughs> oh, can't believe you just put them <laughs> in the, in the same bracket. Poor, no, no, poor boy. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the, the uh, fact uh, of the matter uh, is, Kieran Tierney knows there's a big world out there, and he's done his shift for Celtic. And it may have crossed his mind now that the, the, the big world is there to be investigated now, and Celtic would take 25 million. We're just getting ahead of ourselves here. That there's so much going on. Oh, that's what's the, that's the beauty of the transfer you know, window. The, the Stephen O'Donnell thing wasn't even here in the start of the show. We've now got him in a swap deal with Anthony Ralston. <laughs> yes. I think that's where we were heading. Um, but you can see the logic from from Stephen Alex. If if it was to be someone like Stephen O'Donnell, you know what he can do domestically. So you know that's not yeah. going to be a problem. You don't have. You don't have to worry about him coping with those run-of-the-mill league games that, that you have to win to win a, a ninth title. I, I think a lot of factors stack up, Gordon. The fact that he has a brilliant season last year, the, he's now broken into the international setup. plus he's going to be cheap as well into the last year's contract. Hence the reason why they've tested the water. They've obviously not followed that up. As things materialise and we get to the end of the window, if they do not have a right-back, that may well be an option for them. Of course. Okay, Stephen, just a quick one before we let you go. How are you feeling? You'll be the you're the first one to look ahead to the European action this week. Are you confident? I'm very confident, and the reason I'm confident is two all eleven players, uh, whoever comes on the park, they're all clicking at once, and there's the difference. And then and then they become household names. Now you go to Ibrooks, and the, um, there's only two or three that I know, and so there's the difference. Well, I'm not sure that. that's that's not how you determine a good. Get it right. we, we can't have good players based on who you've heard of, Stephen. Surely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a good knowledge of football. <laughs> <All right>. having, <laughs> uh, good, having grown up playing it and still play it. That's fine then. So, if we're ever wondering who, if somebody's good or not, if Stephen's heard of them, they're okay. That's that's my. I love that. That's the part of the world that we live in. Celtic will oh. beat Cluj because I've never heard of them at Rangers. <laughs> No, no, the, the 11 that clicked, uh, played against St. Johnson, um, they're all hungry. That, that's, uh, I think Celtic will win. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of options at the moment. I think we can agree on that one. Stephen and Renfrew, thank you very much. 0141 951 1025. Any more on the teaser? Cosgrove. Nope. Stephen again. You two are hopeless. Oh. A couple of really tricky ones left, I Cam- must say. Canberry? No. Uh, OD? Nope, we'll leave it there I'll give you some more thinking time uh, Let's continue our whistle-stop tour of Some of the other Premiership games from the weekend The return of the Staggies yeah. to, the, to the Premiership yeah, Fairly successful Hamilton Aki's worrying start for them, Hugh Yeah, um, Roy McGregor uh, will always look after Ross County And he has a managerial duo there uh, Who seem to go about their work in a very efficient way With no problems over the joint responsibility uh, and some decent players Chalmers goal was a beauty uh, And they will win More than they lose At Dingwall mm. And that's a good base to work from Perhaps not the start many predicted for Motherwell I mean it was okay It was a nil-nil draw at Livingston Just the, 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 the belief was there Having swept aside everyone in the Betfred Cup But Stephen Robinson expects them to be better in future He says Livy are a hard team to play against And uh, they found it difficult on the day 
this is a difficult place to come to. You've seen the surface. You have to deal with the physical side of the game when you play Livingston. They put every single ball in your box, whether it's from a throw-in, set play, anywhere in a pitch it goes in your box. And we dealt with that. We dealt with the second phase of it. But what we didn't do was put our stamp on the game. You know, when we did, we created chances, but we didn't do it often enough. For me, we weren't brave enough, which we've shown, you know, in the bet for it. So we'll be better than that. You know, we definitely be better on the ball than that there. But uh, we'll take a point with the battling qualities. They'll take points off teams this season, as they always do. They're a very difficult team to play against. I think if you walk on that surface, it's almost impossible to run with the ball you know it's bubbling everywhere especially when it's dry when it's wet it's better um, so it's not a game for wide players today it really wasn't that's why we didn't start both of them um, so they'll be much better than that listen defensively they've done well for us they worked hard but as I say if you take a point when you haven't played particularly well um, I don't think the other team played particularly well then we'll take the point and we'll, we'll be better yeah and we're already looking forward to high noon Saturday Motherwell Celtic Celtic having started in what can only be described as glorious fashion now going to Fir Park where Alec and I were going up the road on Saturday night and Alec was maybe sp- suggesting that Motherwell might let the grass grow so high you can't see Mikey <laughs> Johnson uh, and challenge Celtic to get over that and uh, It's a fine pitch they've got there I don't, I don't think he would take such risks But anyway I'm really looking forward to By that letting the grass grow That's not a risk you can always cut it back down to the proper. <laughs> you have to take every always, advantage you get. Yeah, but they, always, they always like it to look pristine, don't they? These days, Point, not points of the prizes, year. Gordon. Okay. Anyway, at least I've got a couple <laughs> more names if that's any good to you. Go for it. Right, Halkett. No. Stevie Mallon. Yes. Oh. Uh, Gallagher at Livingston. Declan Gallagher, no. Uh, Arnold Jim. Yes, he was top. Well, he was joint top What's on twelve. What did he get? Right. Twelve. Okay. Right. No, in case you're just joining us, we're running out of time, but we're looking for on tonight's full time teaser. Uh, the question was sent into us by Ryan and Bathgate to fulltime at Clyde1.com. So if you've got a question, we'd love to have it. Ten players who reached double figures for bookings in the Premiership last season. The guys are doing well. They've got Arnold Jum, Darian McKinnon, Scott Brown, Lewis Ferguson, Stevie Mallon, Paul McGinn, Alfredo Morelos, Alan Power, which means you've only got two to get. And with no disrespect to you or the two guys on the sheet, I just don't think you'll get them. Do Gemini? No. Uh, but you're the right club. Wow. I just don't think they were spoken about all that much again. No no disrespect, they guys. Must have a lot if of games. you're listening. But oh. Yeah, Hamilton. I think you're gonna toil here. Do you think Initials? so? Foreigners. No. Are they they're both from Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, they play for Hamilton, yeah. They're really tough. Really tough. I was surprised to see these numbers 10 and 11 bookings. Mm. I think I might have to put you out of your misery, to be honest. I can't think two. of Hamilton. Um, yeah, Initials then. SM. <laughs> <laughs> or AM. Nah. No. I told you, I really didn't fancy your chances. Sonny McLaughlin and Andy McLaughlin. <laughs> Scott Martin. And Aaron McGowan Get a bit here until Christmas I I agree I think we could have been Anyway thank you Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray Big thanks for all your calls And tweets It was a pleasure Looking back on the weekend's action With you And we're back again tomorrow At 6 In the company Of Gordon DL And Roger Hannah Stay where you are though Because Callum Gallagher's back And he's up next